Y'all ready for the word? Yeah. Hey, I can tell you that it's going to be really good. Really good. And it's not because I'm good. His word is always good. Amen. It's always right on time. So as we uh, as we get ready to go into it, let's go in prayer and uh, and just thank the Lord for what he's going to do. And Father, we just thank you for going before us always. Thank you, Father, for opening up our hearts and our minds, giving us peace, giving us rest to be able to to receive from you. Thank you that you're always giving. God, thank you for allowing us to receive it this morning. Thank you for the people that you have assembled here. God, we thank you that you brought them here for a purpose. And we know that purpose is always fulfilled in your word. Thank you for giving people life, hope. Thank you for giving us Jesus, who is everything to us. He's perfect. Anything that we could ever ask or think is found in the person of Jesus. And we look forward to this morning from receiving from him an endless supply of whatever we need. Jesus has it. So thank you, Father, for opening up your word to us this morning. Your word is truth. There is no other truth. We thank you for blessing us. In Jesus' name, the church said, amen. 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 So I want to show you a couple of things this morning that that was laid on my heart. Uh, We had a really good Bible study Wednesday night at youth. Uh, They were able to give me some good input. And uh, we found some things. We dove deep, looked at the Hebrew, looked at the Greek. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's the original, uh, for those of you guys that are visiting. That's uh, like your King James, your New King James, your NIT, uh, NLT, ABC. All those Bible versions are, uh, are not Holy Spirit, in br- uh, Holy Spirit breathed. Uh, the original Hebrew, the original Greek are what are Holy Spirit breathed. So, it does us good to go and look at those words sometimes, and, and it changes a lot. It changes a lot of stuff that we thought we knew. It's beautiful. Um, it's to the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's to the glory of kings and queens to search it out. That's us. Amen? Amen. All right, let's move on. Romans 5.20 says, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. <clears throat> we use this all the time. Uh it's a it's a verse that really got me thinking about some stuff about five years ago um, when I thought that uh, that I was in a good place. The Lord humbled me and and uh, was able to show me there was a lot more to learn, <laughs> uh, a lot more to learn that would set me free, actually. Uh, but I love the fact that uh, it says, moreover, the law entered. Why did the law enter? Why did the law come around? What has always been the the heart of God? The heart of God has always been grace. That's why he created a place that was already completely done and put man in it. Right. Man didn't have to create anything. All man had to do was name stuff. Right. And and so God put man in the finished work. And, and, and all throughout that time, all throughout history. In fact, the Bible says that that Abraham, he was a, uh, a friend of God. And, and, and is it possible to walk with God without the law? Yes, because Abraham lived a long time, centuries before the law was actually given. And God called him a friend. In fact, God, uh, Abraham would keep the law better than a lot of us would today. He brought his son to the altar to kill him, sacrifice him. 
for God. But God, it was a test. God would not do that. In fact, um, Isaac could never atone for sin because he has human blood in him. So that would never work anyway. Uh, but that was just a picture of what Jesus was going to do. In fact, when, when God left the is- led the Israelites out of Egypt, uh, they did some things along the way. They would complain all the time. That's a sin. Uh, they would say <coughs> the, the, bitter wa- the bitter waters of Mara. God told Moses to throw a piece of wood in there, uh, a picture of the cross, and it, and it sweetened the water, and they were able to drink it, and they still complained. Three days later, they complained about food. Did you bring us out here to die? There's no food. So instead of God raining down judgment, what did he rain down? Bread, little Debbie's, angel food cake, right? So it, it, uh, it came down and it fed them, even though they complained and they, and they were bitter about it. And then, again, they were thirsty, and, and God told Moses, strike the rock, right? Uh, which is a, another picture of Jesus being struck on our behalf, that we may have living water. And, uh, and they still complained. And then, finally, they got to a point where they told God, anything you tell us we can do, we're well able to do it. Watch us do it. And so God steps back at that point and says, okay, here you go. Here's 10. Just try to keep 10. Right? No one can. No one ever could. And so that's why the law entered. The word enter there means to come in by secret, to come in by stealth, to come in beside uh, what God's original plan was, which was grace. He all Because he loves people. If he didn't love people, he wouldn't have created two people. He would have created two dogs if he was a dog lover. Two cats. Good Lord, aren't you? That's called hell. <laughs> Sorry if you're a cat person. I'm just joking. Don't send an email. Ain't going to happen. All right? Two donkeys. <laughs> you get it? Don't make me say it. Okay. Let's get back to Scripture real quick. All right, so the law entered that what? See, a lot of people will preach law, trying to get you to be moral, trying to get you to have good character. But what does preaching the law do? The law entered that the that holiness might abound? No, that sin, that the offense might abound. That's why the law entered. That's why God gave the law. So if you're out there saying you got to preach the law, preach the law, preach the law, you got to keep the law, keep the law, keep the law, it's not making holiness come up. It's making, it's making the offense come up. That's why the more you try to do, Paul said, the more I try, the more I fail. The more you try to keep the law, the more you will fail. Amen? Do you see that? That's just one verse, people. (laughs) I got more. He's got more. So what is the purpose of the law? Well, look at this. What purpose then does the law serve? That's a good question. People ask me that. So we're not under the law? So so what what is the purpose of the law? Well, let's let the Bible tell you, right? Can you read? It was added. It was added. Say added. added. It was added because of transgression. It was added. The word added there is, uh, is to come in by stealth. It's the same word that Paul used, by stealth, that these false teachers would come in. I get accused of being a false teacher sometimes. But that's not who I am. I know who I am. I, I, listen, when people come at you for what you believe, and our youth have talked about that a lot, they got friends that are asking them stuff because they go to different churches. And it's not, listen. <coughs> we're not banging on those churches man they just don't know Amen. remember last week i preached on john 14 and 15 right and so uh john luke luke 14 15 um and i i, I read him a text or a tweet that i saw from a pastor and he was saying prosperity pe- preachers uh be like um uh health and wealth are yours because 
because Jesus died for you and you have all that stuff. But Jesus was like, man, you need to give all that up and take up your cross and follow me. Amen. And I was like, wow, man, this is why I preach this stuff, because people are saying that stuff and that stuff's not true. Amen. Who was Jesus talking to when he said that? That's what I wanted to tweet him back. And they were saying, why don't you tweet him? I'm like, because I don't care for that brother. <laughs> it really ticked Ivy off, man. She was like, I was joking. And Grace didn't like it either. She wanted me to do it right there. Like, I ain't got time for that, man. I, it, it's not up to me to save the world. I can only save one. See, I saved that one. Remember that old beach thing where you pick up a, a starfish? I could save that one. Really, I wasn't trying to save it. I just wanted to see what it looked like when you threw it. But look, it was added. It came in by stealth because of transgression. Anybody know what a transgression is? Some people say it's sin. It's sin. But let me just tell you this. Think about it. Separate them out. Sin is always in us. Sin is always in us. But we transgress when we sin. We have sin in us. We were born that way. <coughs> but when it says transgression, because there's a sin offering and a transgress offering. Two different things. Sin's always in us, right? But we transgress. It's like driving. So if the speed limit's 45, it's a law. But if I go 60 in it, I've transgressed the law. Is that right? So the law was given to make the transgress appear, right? Are you with me? So, so uh, the law was added. That was the purpose for it. It was added for transgression so, transgression so it would appear. That we need something, right? But look, it was added because of transgressions until the seed should come to whom the promise was made and it was appointed through angels by the hand of a mediator. So did the seed come? Yeah, he came. He already did it for us, amen? So the law was there until the seed would come. Look at this. The Bible says, for sin shall not have dominion over you. That's power. B why? For means because. Okay? Because you are not under law, but under grace. God's first priority was grace. We're not under law anymore. You, can, can, can you read it? I read it before, but I wasn't ready to receive it. And, and there came a time when I was ready to receive it, and now it just opened up to me. I'm like, well, that just is black and white. Well, there's a time when it wasn't black and white for me. Right? So remember that. Now I see it. Sin shall not have power over you. Dominion is where we get our, our word dynamite from, right? <coughs> Do not miss. For you are not under law, but under grace. <coughs> this says, therefore, the law was our tutor. This is Galatians 3. The law was our tutor. Say tutor. Tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. Now, what does the word tutor mean? This is what I'm talking about, that the Holy Spirit breathed part is Greek in the New Testament. <clears throat> this is it right here. A tutor, a guardian, and guide of boys. See, Paul was speaking back in the day to Greeks. And you've got to know who he was speaking to, the audience, and he's telling them this word. They would have gotten this definition, right? Guide of boys among the Greeks and the Romans. The name was applied to trustworthy slaves who were charged with the duty of supervising the life and morals of boys belonging to the better class. <clears throat> the boys were not allowed as so much as to step out of the house without them before arriving at the age of manhood. So that's what a tutor was. That's what the law was. People say, hey, man, you get grace, that's great, but now we got to move toward the harder things of God, the, the, the law stuff of God. 
Well, that says that when you become a man, you leave that stuff behind. You leave your tutor behind. Can you imagine a 40-year-old man walking around with a tutor? Back then, those guys would teach them. You can do a deep study on this. They would teach them how to eat well. They'd teach them athletics because the Greeks were really big into that, right? They would teach them all this stuff, man. And <coughs> grown men don't need that. So as you progress in your walk with the Lord, as you mature in your walk with the Lord, you're getting away from the tutor, which is the law, and you're understanding grace, that everything has been given to you. Can you see that there? It's important. Was that for me? Thank you. My throat is like scratchy. I am healed. Oh, sorry. I have a mic. I hate to hear people eat, and here I am with a mic doing it in front of everybody. That's awesome. All right. But after faith has come. So go back. After faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. Say we're no longer under a tutor. What is the tutor? The law. Look, has faith come? Yeah, faith has come. We've been justified by faith. Jesus has justified us by faith. So faith has come. So we're no longer under the law, under the tutor. Are you with me? (coughs) So are there any commandments for us under grace? Are we just free to do what we want? No, man. Look, check this out. 1 John chapter 3, verse 20. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. And knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. Amen? That's a good place to be. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Now, if you stopped right there, people would say, see, you got to keep the commandments. You got to do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And the law are those things that are pleasing in his sight. In fact, uh, the King James says you got to do those things. Like uh, emphasis on doing, us doing, and not resting, but us doing. Look at this. If you stop right there, that argument would be legit. But thank God, he keeps going. Amen? Amen. See, people will throw that verse up there and be done and make a point about why you got to keep the law. But we read it in context here. Amen? Amen. <coughs> Am I saying amen or not? Yeah. All right. Uh, and this is his commandment. That we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us that commandment. Now, when did Jesus give this commandment? It's important to know what commandment we're talking about. It's not talking about the Ten Commandments. So, as your bulletin says on the front, there's a new commandment. It's found in John 13 when, when he was at the Last Supper. He told him, a new, say new. See, people think he's just rehashing the old. A new means new. Amen? New commandment I give to you, that you love one another as, as, very important, not just love one another, but as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Okay? A new commandment is that you love one another as I have loved you. Okay? How did Jesus love us? He died for us. He gave himself up for us. Amen? Look at this. This is found in Mark 12. They sent this, uh, this smart dude in to, to try and catch Jesus. They tried to do that a lot. Right? <laughs> yeah, I can just imagine Jesus going, oh, okay, let's get this over with. Right? He's like that really bad dude in the movies. He's like, all right, you want to fight? Let's get this over with. And he just whoops them all. 
And another group, well, we can get them this time, right? I watch way too many movies. All right, then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, he, he's like, <clears throat> I answered the last question well, so I'm going to do it again. And Jesus is like, that's how I read the Bible, man. Uh, which is the first, the, the original's greatest commandment? Which is the greatest commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you, if you do deeper study, you'll see that, you say that, that there's three different names for, the, for God there. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Right? It's pretty cool. Um, but anyway, <coughs> the first commandment, Jesus answered him. He said, hear, O who? Oh, that's interesting. So who's he talking to? The Jews. So, so who was under the law? Who was the law given to? The Jews. Doesn't say nothing about us in there, does it? So they came at him with law. He gave them law. He gave them what the law said. What is it? And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Right? So they gave him the law. They asked, what's the greatest commandment in the law because they're jewish people he gave them the answer to the law the jewish people that who were under the law you with me but look at that last part there uh <clears throat> you shall love your neighbor as yourself something's changed now all right and has anybody anybody been able to keep that law no one has no one can keep it perfectly paul tried to keep it paul said the one that got him was the last one Thou shalt not covet. Number 10. He probably could have kept the other ones, but number 10 got them. So if you go back here, it says a new commandment I give to you that you love one another, not as yourself. As I love you, something's changed. See, under law, you had to love one another as, your, as yourself, but now it's you love one another as Jesus loved us. It's different now. That's why it's called a new commandment. You with me? You understand what new means? That was a rhetorical question. <laughs> All right. So, and whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments. See how it goes back? Something's changed there. <clears throat> and, and this is his commandment that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Now, what is that commandment? We just saw it. What is it? That we love one another as Jesus loved us. That's the commandment we're talking about right here. So when you keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight, he's saying, hey, love people like Jesus loved you. You see it? It's important to know that's what he said because people will say that right there is talking about the Ten Commandments. You got to love God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. See, <clears throat> there were two tablets, amen? The first tablet, the first four commandments in the Ten Commandments are all about loving God. The last six are about loving people, how to love people, right? But something happened. Something happened when Jesus brought a new commandment in. So look at John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes, believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So if this commandment is <coughs> that we should believe on his, the name of his son, Jesus Christ, 
What about Jesus Christ? That he came to die, that we would have everlasting life. That's what we got to believe. In fact, the Bible tells you that if you believe that, if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, right, and confess your sin, no, confess him, you will have, you will have life forever. Forever. Do you guys believe that? Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Do you believe that God raised him from the dead? The Bible says you were saved forever. That's it. No strings attached. There's not, there's not that. Remember the guy comes on at the end of the drug commercials and lists all the things, the side effects and stuff? You're like, well, dang, I ain't never taking that drug. Right? That's just lawyer speak, man. Cover their butts. Booties. Glutus maximuses. This is why we need an editing team. All right. So you, we got to believe that Jesus died for our sins. He alone is the only one that could do that. All right. Look at John, the same John that wrote all that. We love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. John's saying we love, we, we, we can't love unless we know how much he loved us. Unless we first know how much we're loved. We can't love somebody. And the word, the word uh, <coughs> we love him, the word him is not there in the original. But it doesn't matter. We love God. We love people because he first loved us. You don't even know what it's like to love somebody. Your definition of love is different than somebody else's definition of love. Do you love me? Yeah, look at you. Mm. That was my first definition of love for Kelly when I met her. It wasn't like her heart. <laughs> it was like, dang. I love you, girl. Right? But honestly, uh, and you remember I had that, I told you about Brother Eddie's conversation with us, right? About the counseling session when he said, Do you love Kelly? I'm like, look at her. <laughs> right? He thought I was an idiot. <laughs> Do you guys remember that I tell you that story? And he, and it, man, I, I still tell that story today, man. He's like, Choi, Choi, Choi. Would you die for her? I'm like, yeah. He goes, that, that's the kind of love I'm talking about. And then I felt like an idiot because I was talking about her appearance and not rather not I would die for her. See, me loving her is not about her. It's about me dying for her. Jesus loving us is it says more about him than it does us. Doesn't it? Isn't that cool how that works out? We always think love is as as me loving somebody. But love is really about giving up what you want to see happen for another person. Amen? That's what Jesus did for us. He gave up. He left heaven to come down here and die for us. Love that about him, right? So check this out. Same John, next chapter, or same chapter, but verse 10. And this is love. Not that we love God. <clears throat> Wait a minute. The first and greatest commandment is you got to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Is John doing us a disservice here? Because it's the exact opposite of what Jesus said was the greatest commandment. The greatest commandment is you love God. Well, that's funny because it says this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. How? As Jesus loved us. Same thing. Saying the same thing. A new commandment. We can't love other people unless we first know that God loves us. That's the new commandment. We got to love people. Well, how? Just like Jesus loved us. 
Jesus didn't say, hey, I'm going to save only the white people. I'm going to save only the black people. I'm just going to go down to Israel and just save the Israel people. God loves people, all people. He didn't say you got to step on the scale or else I ain't going to love you. Amen. We can start looking at all of our faults, and that's what we do. But to God, he sent Jesus for every breathing person. No matter what your background is, no matter where you came from, it doesn't matter where you're going. If you trust in the Lord, he came for you. All people, and not just church people. It's not just, we at one time were not church people. Even when my ear was getting pinched when I was little, I didn't know anything about Jesus. I went because I had to go. Some of you were here today because you had to come. Don't raise your hand. We know who you are. We can see it on your face. Got drool coming down. Look, I know you were forced here. Caleb? <laughs> I ain't trying to name no names. Yet I just did. Right, so did John do us wrong? No. If the Bible doesn't make sense like that, something's not right with us. Ain't nothing wrong with the Bible. The Bible's never wrong. So it's up to us to find out what's going on. John did not do us a disservice. <coughs> Look at this, John chapter 3, verse 10. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Now you guys, the devil has children. He can have a role in somebody's life, just like God our Father has a role in our life. Right? Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. Practice righteousness, what does that mean? See? People can use this one verse and say, see, you, you've been given righteousness, but you've got to practice righteousness. You've got to practice living morally, holy. You, 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 you. Whenever you hear you, 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 something's wrong because it's under the law. The law is all about you should not, you should not, you should not, you should not. Do this, do this, do this. Grace, under grace, it's all about God says, I will. I will, I will, I will. Hebrews 10. Beautiful. So, <clears throat> what is this practicing righteousness? We have to look at it. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain who was of the wicked one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder his brother? Because his works were evil and his brothers were righteous. People say that Cain was jealous of Abel, and that's why he killed him. But I'm going to tell you that's not true. It was before. Cain's works were evil. His works were evil and Abel's were righteous. So, so it wasn't that Cain killed Abel because he was jealous. That's why. It, it literally says that. Why did he kill him? Because his works were evil. What's his works? What did Cain do? Did he steal? Did he commit adultery? That'd be tough. There's only four people on earth. I guess it's possible. But let's not go there. Because <laughs> I was going there. I'm like, what the? All right. <laughs> let me show you this verse for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him put it in there so why is that important because the previous verse we just read says whoever does not practice righteousness how can you practice something that's a that's been given to us it's a gift we are righteous Romans 5 17 says that if you receive the gift of righteousness it's a gift so how do we practice it? How do we practice a gift? Can you? What is he talking about? What does practice righteousness mean? That We have to know that, guys. 
Because people will use that verse, they say, you got to practice righteousness. you got to practice it. you got to try to be more holy. you got to try to walk more morally. Look, we all want to do that, but the law doesn't do that for you. It's understanding how much he loves you that allows you to do that. Amen? How do we repent? When we focus on his goodness. It is the goodness of God that causes men to repent. Right? Not the law. The goodness of God. So look at this. We have to go. We have to go to, to the story in Genesis where, uh, where John just went. Okay? Because he's talking about Cain and Abel. But he's also talking about in the context of practicing righteousness. So what is practicing righteousness according to the Bible? And, th- and in, in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. What's wrong with that? <coughs> What's wrong with the ground? Mm. It's cursed. So that was chapter 4. How many of you guys know chapter 3 comes before chapter 4? Took me a while to figure that out. Anybody can do this. Right? Chapter 3. Then to Adam he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I command you, saying you shall not eat of it, cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life, both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. Thorns are a sign of the curse. That's why Jesus wore the crown of thorns. He was redeeming us from that. Amen. Uh, and you shall eat the herb of the field. Uh, in the sweat of, the, of, your, of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken. For dust you are and to dust you shall return. So Cain brought God cursed ground. God just cursed it. Now God probably, he wouldn't do anything if Cain didn't know, you got to know that Adam and Eve probably had conversations. Say, hey, man, before this happened, before we did what we did, man, everything was perfect. Everything was perfect. Cain's probably walking around, and he's like, hey, where did these thorns come from? He goes, there was a time when these thorns weren't here, right? Before we sinned, there was a time when these, these thorns weren't here. So Cain knew the ground was cursed. They had to work for it. By the way, the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you stressing there that's a, that's a that by your stress you shall eat i want you to know that's not for us today that's why when jesus was in the garden it said he, he <coughs> his he was so stressed that that blood drops were running from his eyes sweating from his eye he was redeeming us from the curse in the everything jesus did was a redemption process for us even the the, the blood drops it specifically says that were like sweats of blood he was redeeming us from these curses. When you see it that way, it just, it just puts it all back on Jesus and gives him more glory than what we could ever imagine, right? So go back. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. Abel knew without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. Abel must have heard from his mom and dad a different story too. They were both hearing the same story, but he took it a different way. He probably focused on the fact that God killed an animal to clothe them. The first sacrifice of an animal was to bless Adam and Eve after the fall. All right. But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, bro, what's up? Right. Why are you angry? And why is your countenance fallen? Do you think God knew? Yeah, he knew. Right. If you do well, see, there it is. You got to do well. You got to do well. You got to practice righteousness. 
you do well. You do well. Will you not be accepted? That's what people say from up here all the time on pulpits. You got to do better. You got to do better. You got to try to keep the Ten Commandments. You got to read your Bible more. You got to pray more. You got to fast more. You got to give more. You, 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 you. Right? Will you not be accepted if you do all that? And if you do not do well, who's that for? That's for me. Because how many times do we not do well? Am I the only one up in here? Let me ask that question again. Who's that for? Thank you. Leave a brother hanging up here by himself. And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desires for you, but you shall rule over it. And I used to think that, man, that's a scary place to be right there. But then we went and did a little deeper study of these words, right? Wednesday night. <clears throat> sin. Sin is lying at your door. If you do not do well, Cain, and you didn't because I don't I didn't accept what you brought. But if you don't do well, sin's lying at your door. Look at this word, sin. Sin, sinful, sin, a sin offering, sin offering, condition of sin, guilt, punishment for sin, sin offering, right? Purification from sins of ceremonial uncleanness if you don't do well, right? Why is that important? Well, look at the word for uh, lies, to stretch oneself out, to lie down, to lie stretched out. Grace found that one. She texted me after church Wednesday night and said, did you see this? I'm like, well, yeah, but dang, I didn't think about that. That's a picture of Jesus stretched out. Was he stretched out on the cross? Yeah. So look at Young. Young is a Hebrew scholar, well-respected Hebrew scholar. Look at his version of this. <clears throat> is there not, if thou dost well, acceptance? And if thou dost not well, at the opening a sin offering is crouching, and unto thee its desire, and thou rulest over it. God literally brought Cain a lamb. He literally brought Cain a lamb, a sin offering, to his door and said, it's for you. Its desire is for you. Because he didn't do well. And it also has to do with the, the, the tense of the word, the sin word. It's a feminine noun, and crouching is a, it's, well, you can't see it there, but it's a, it's a masculine noun. It's a, that's where Young gets all his information together, and he puts it together, and he says, that's a sin offering. Isn't it cool that God still gave Cain a chance? He still said, hey, man, even though you didn't do well, I'm putting a sin offering, because Abel already brought one. He goes, here's yours. He didn't have to go find it. God brought it to his doorstep. So what does he do? Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. God brought him. He was so angry and so prideful that instead of accepting the blood gift that was given to him, he chose to go and take blood from a human. He chose to kill instead of receive. And there's people today, back then they were called Pharisees, that chose to kill with their words and kill Jesus on the cross instead of accepting the lamb that was given to them. People do that all the time today. They kill with words. They kill with emails, texts. They talk about you on social media. It, listen, 
That, those are words. The tongue has the power of life and death. Instead of accepting the gift that was given to you. That's why you can never fulfill the new commandment under law. You can't do it. You have to understand grace. God loving you. Law is you loving God. Grace is God loving you. And the more you understand that God loves you, then you can love people. But if you're focusing on your love for God, it's going to be hard for you to love people. No one became a missionary under the law. No one takes that out there and changes the world because the law is holy. I'm for the law, but I'm for the law that God gave the law so that it would tell people they need Jesus. They're sinning. And people say, man, I, I try to keep the best. I try to do my best. Your best ain't good enough, bro. Your best will not get you into heaven. It's accepting the best that came from heaven. You see, God didn't send an archangel. He sent Jesus. And when you accept that gift that, that came to your door, a sin offering that literally came to you, that's why the word of God says the word is near you. It's in your mouth. If you confess Jesus, you will be saved. He brought it to you. It's near you. It's in, it's in everybody's mouth. All we got to do is say, hey, I confess Jesus, not my sin. I confess Jesus with my mouth. I believe that God raised him from the dead. I shall be saved. Forever. So how do we fulfill the new commandment, man? So what, what is practicing righteousness? What does it mean when John said in context before when he was reading Cain and Abel? What is practicing righteousness? It's this. When you believe, when you believe right, you'll love people. When you believe that God loves you and that God gave a sin offering for you, you will love people just like that. It's a byproduct. You don't have to try and love people. You will just love people. It's who you are. You will have a heart for people, all people, not a certain sector of people, all people, just like Jesus. That's where he wants us, amen? Last verse, Galatians 6. It's not in your bulletin, so if you want to write it down, I added it in there. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. So he's saying, man, when somebody's struggling, you don't condemn them. You don't kick them out of the church. Amen? Do you see it? You don't, you don't get mad at them. You don't go talk about them to everybody. What do you do? You restore. And by the way, spiritual, those who are spiritual, that means like when you're not doing what they're doing. doesn't mean that you're perfect. It just says that when you are spiritual, let a man pray over you. Let him pray over you, restore you. I love the word restore. Not condemn, not tear down, restore. Why? Because that's what Jesus did. He didn't condemn us. He took our condemnation. He restored us. So how do we restore people? Gently. Gently with love, right? In the spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tender. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. What's that? To love people as Jesus loved us. We share burdens, man. Satan wants you to not share your burden. He wants you to keep it all tucked in nice and tight. Don't let people in. Don't let people know what you're doing. Don't let people see you fail. I'm, I fail all the time. People need to see that. Why? Because I'm human. But they need to know that there's people that love me enough to restore me. 
I've, I'm already restored when it goes to heaven, when it comes to heaven. I'm restored. I have no doubt I know where I'll be. But there's times that I struggle down here. There's times that I, that I, that I question myself. There's times that I wonder why I'm doing what I'm doing. Well, that's when people come in and encourage you. Those who are spiritual, they come in and restore us gently. That's how you fulfill the law of Christ, which is to love one another as he loved you. Did y'all learn something today? Yes, give Jesus the hand. I want you to know that, oh, I hope you saw it in scripture this morning. Don't let anybody come around and tell you guys that you got to keep the law. We are, the Bible says we are dead to the law in Christ. Amen? That Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to those who believe. Do you believe? Yeah. G- what about laws, man? God says I'll write new laws on your heart in Hebrews. That, that Ten Commandments was never for us, guys. I'm not against it. I just know I can't keep it. I know you can't either. I know David couldn't keep it. I know Abraham. Well, Abraham wasn't. I know Moses couldn't keep it. Solomon, you name them. No one could keep it. That's why Jesus came. So stop trying to be perfect and accept your perfect gift that's laying at your door. That's all we have to do. And that takes great faith. Because if you reject the payment for your failures, for you not keeping the law, then you will become someone who tears people down. Tears them down with your words. We might not murder physically, but with our words, with our looks. Anybody ever gotten a look like? I got one yesterday from Audrey. (laughs) Just joking. I love Audrey's facial expressions, man. I wish I had a camera every single time. But I hope you guys are blessed. Will you stand with me? And, uh, and I'll pray, and, and we'll, we'll head out. Take that message out, man. Take it out. Show people that God brought Cain, a sin offering, to his door, and he rejected it. And it turned them. That's what the fair said. It happens over and over and over in the Bible. Now we're getting to see it. And I love that we get to see Jesus in, in Genesis chapter 4 like that. I've never saw that before. I hope you were blessed. Let's, uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word's always on time. Thank you for, for every time we open it up. It doesn't matter how many times we read it. You always give us something new. You always give us something that points to Jesus and gives us life, gives us hope. Thank you, Father, for leaving us your word. Thank you for giving us wisdom to, and discernment to see your word, to be able to, to, to put what is true on one side, God, and what is false on the other. Rightly divide the word of God. The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus. That's rightly dividing the word of God. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your words and your spirit that is here, evidently. Thank you most of all for your son, Jesus, who has given us every single thing that pertains to this life. Thank you that he was the perfect sacrifice. That my salvation, my life, me being full of life here on this earth has nothing to do with me keeping the law. But has everything to do with Jesus fulfilling the law for me. What a beautiful gift. Thank you for the gift of righteousness that is mine today, right now. 
that I am, I am, presently speaking, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And nothing and no one can take that away from me because it was given to me by the creator of the universe who loves me. Father, help us to share that message of you loving everybody to the world. Thank you for sharing that message that people, people aren't going to hell because of sin. Sin has been paid for. They are rejecting the sin offering that you have brought to their door. Ooh, ooh. Mm, thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. God bless these people as they came in, as they leave. God, let them be a blessing to people. Everywhere their feet touch, everything their hands touch, everywhere their eyes look upon, everything they look upon, God, may it bring the favor of Almighty God with them. May it change the world, change lives forever. Just a result of being in the same room with someone who has the glory, the favor of God on them. Everyone in this room that has accepted Jesus Christ has the glory of Jesus on them. The light that draws people. God, thank you for blessing them beyond measure. Because you're a good God who is for them. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, let the church say Amen.